like we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we have some more roster movement for KU basketball. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to be joined by Shreyas Lada at 340 to talk a little more KU basketball. KU mailbag at 405 if you want to get any last-second questions in. We're going to have some uh, KU football audio with Lance Leipold later on in the show. The return of Florida man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour. And also we have a Johnny's Tavern interview with the KU club sport. That would be KU women's rugby. Coming up at about 4.30 today on RCST. So the latest news in the transfer portal, there was the news from a couple days ago that Cam Martin was transferring out of the program. Not a huge shock, yep. obviously. Um, I don't know how, how much of a shock these ones are. I think one is maybe not necessarily surprising, but it's more surprising than the other. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Pettiford is going to be transferring out of the program. The other news is kind of seems to be involved around Zach Clemens maybe going to the portal. That one kind of seems up in the air right now. Yeah. Um, it seems like a foot may be out the door. So I think with the the Clemens news, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's super official yet, but again, seems like it's kind of leaning that way. Um, I think in the case of both these guys, you just look at it, it just, it just became apparent it wasn't a good fit for KU. Yeah. In the case of Zach Clemens... You're talking about a like Bill Self has adjusted so much with with what he has done lineup wise and what he has done over the years. He went from playing too big basketball to maybe playing too bigs where one of the bigs could stretch the floor a little bit to then all of a sudden playing uh, two little guards together to yep. then playing uh, one big man. Yeah, uh, to then playing three wings together with one little guard and one big man. Like he has completely changed things up. But the one thing that has been consistent with him. Is that big man that's in there, you better be tough, you better be physical, you better be a rebounder, you better be a defender, right? Um, And so I think that it was just kind of a bad fit from the get-go, and I know that um, it was something that, I don't know. It, it, you had all the talk about, well, Bill Self, when he went to the USA basketball stuff, like he, he had all this stretch five stuff with uh, Matthew Hurt, and um, he's going to do that here. But that ended up not really working out. Now, again, this is not official with Clements transferring as of yet, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Let's go more into the Bobby Pettiford stuff. Uh, as far as Bobby, the reason it wasn't a great fit is partially because Dewan Harris um, is more of a facilitating point guard. And it's tough to play a guy of what Bobby's skill set has been, which is more of a ball mover, a passer. He can drive a little bit, but he's not really looking to score. You can't really play that guy next to Dwan Harris. And both players have two years left to play. Yeah. It just you know, yeah. makes sense for him to go. 
Yeah, and it's a situation where if he did stay at KU, he was going to be backup, right? And probably not seeing a ton of minutes. So it just didn't quite work out really in that sense because Dewan, as he started to grow more into a score, it didn't really happen as much for Bobby. And so you're right. I think I think it kind of just reality kind of set in of hey, you know, do you want to spend a couple more years behind a guy like Dewan uh, as and be a backup, right, and be second fiddle all the time? And especially in the modern era of the transfer portal and, and transferring, it's like. No, I mean, you have the opportunity to go and, and potentially be, you know, a starter somewhere else if you want to. And it seems like he, he wanted to take advantage of that and certainly wish him the best. And, you know, it, it just didn't feel like it worked out. I mean, we always heard so much high praise from Bill Self, and, and clearly he was a guy who was very well liked in the program. But it just uh, just the pieces didn't quite fall into place for him. And, and obviously with Dewan growing into what he has become, it became pretty clear that, you know, this was a guy that was going to be, at, in best best case, Continuing to be a backup. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, it, it's tough to kind of play them next to each other. I, I do wonder if, if this decision, you know, there's there's two types of transfers. There's the transfer of I'm going to leave this program because I want more opportunity elsewhere. There's yeah. also the type of transfer that when you're at KU, it's you kind of show them the door and say, hey, you're not getting a playing time here. You should go find it somewhere else. I, I almost get the sense that it's that one. Um I think Bobby really enjoyed being at KU. Yeah. I think he wanted to be at KU. The, the exit interviews are going on this week. And, and then you get a talk from the coach where it's like, hey, listen, you're behind this guy already. And now we're also bringing in El Marco Jackson, our top high school recruit, who is going to be playing backup point guard minutes for us. And he's also going to be playing uh, at the two position next to Dewan for us. Yeah. And I don't know how much playing time just, you're going to get. That's just not something that you could feasibly do with Bobby and Dewan, like you mentioned. Like, you can't, you can't have one guy be the one and one guy be the two they that's it's not a good not a good fit yeah and so you wish him the best uh you wish Bobby the best here I mean certainly injuries were part of his story over the few years I uh, I don't know however fully 100 percent healthy he was he was dealing with all sorts of stuff he had the hip injury I think he had like some back injuries or I, yeah. I don't know he had all sorts of stuff and it, that, it felt like early in the season there was a moment where he was on the verge of breaking through or if not had sort of broken through and, and hit a groove and then he didn't he had another hamstring injury I believe right uh, early in the season that kind of derailed him a little bit again. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, injuries are part of the game and they're they're disappointing, they're tough to deal with, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And then obviously just couldn't really find it really his his groove after that. And and so, uh, you know, I, I think with Kansas bringing in, you have El Marco Jackson and Chris Johnson, I think, could, is also kind of a, is he more of a wing guy or, or can he play some guard minutes as well? So there was going to yeah. be, there was going to be, a tough situation, and obviously you have Joe Yesifu, who is a guy that, in theory, could be somebody competing for starting minutes next year because he could be that two guard. He fits in much better with a guy like Dewan as more of the scoring two guard, as more of the shooting guard. He fits in a lot better with that. So, you know, you've got it's getting a little crowded in there, and if you want to have an opportunity for Bobby to go and and be the starter somewhere, it 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 just probably wasn't going to happen here. Yeah. Uh, I think when when you look at his career, like you know, I could see him at some high mid major, playing good point guard for them. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe in a couple of years, you see him in an NCAA tournament game, similar to when we saw like Silvio De Sosa yeah, on uh, Chattanooga. No, there's no doubt he he's a good facilitator. He can see the floor pretty well, and mm-hmm. with with other guys that can score around him, he can be a guy that can that can elevate your team. Yeah, um, I mean, we're not that not that long away from Bill Self. 
really talking up Bobby Pettiford. That yeah. I, I think the exact quote was that he'll be the next great one here at Kansas as yeah. far as those guards go. And now that doesn't end up happening. But you saw flashes early in his career that Absolutely. that was the case. Yeah, It's just, I don't know, totally... Uh, it's tough because of the. I don't know. I mean, I guess I think uh, maybe with the with Dewan, like it was clear how much Dewan had taken the step forward this year as like the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like he just was so good facilitating, so good at taking care of the ball, running the offense. He and KJ clearly had such great chemistry in the high pick and roll. And then he started adding more, a little bit more of scoring to his game. He was hitting some threes on, even though on low volume, he was hitting them. And driving to the basket more, and it just the the separation between him and anybody else really is the guy to run the KU offense became pretty great. And I don't think going into the season internally, maybe if KU felt that the gap was that wide between those two guys, Dewan and Bobby, and I, it, but then it became clear that it was widening rapidly. I definitely think that they were hoping Bobby was going to emerge more as a scorer. It doesn't necessarily mean he had to be like a knockdown shooter, but that he'd be willing more to take them, A, and B, that he would be somebody who was very aggressive, consistently getting to the lane and trying to score, that you could play him next to Dewan Harris. And you could have two guards out there that, to help handle the ball, but that didn't end up really happening for you. Uh, but I guess, you know, what, what's your favorite Bobby Pettiford moment? It's got to be the, the game-winning shot, shot against Wisconsin, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is interesting with the Zach Clements news and Bobby, those were the two guys that I guess sort of combined. That's true. For that shot, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> Clemens took the 30-foot YOLO you part know, of it. Yeah, so... And again, of, the Clemens news does not seem, like, confirmed yet. There's yeah. just been different people kind of reporting that it could be out there, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I don't but, know if that's but, a situation where one party wants to go into the portal and the other doesn't, or if it's a situation where... Um, KU just hasn't had an exit interview with the kid yet, and they, they don't want the news public. I, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as Bobby goes, I, I think what it means for KU, if you look at the point guard and the guard position now, it was already going to be an uphill battle for him, obviously, but now it just clears the runway a little bit yeah. more for El Marco Jackson to be that other point guard. Yeah, and it also confirms Dewan as your number one guy far and away, which, like, not that it necessarily needed confirming, but the – that to me signals okay, yeah, this is a team that that sees Dewan as the guy that's going to be playing 35, 36, 37, 38 minutes a game next season, which he was already doing this season, mm-hmm. right? So it's just even further confirms that. I think ideally you have three guys who can play every position at minimum. Realistically, maybe four even. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to have three point guards on the roster, but it's like Chris Johnson, he's a combo guard wing type. Could he play point guard in a pinch if Dewan and El Marco are short, right? Like that sort of thing. Um, I think you're covered there regardless because of the fact that you have Dewan, you have El Marco Jackson who can play there. Chris Johnson could probably do it in a pinch for you. Maybe what, you add you some put, other guard. Would you put Joe there? Yeah, I guess hypothetically like that. I mean, you know. he could, I mean, he can handle it, I think. Maybe. Right. I don't know. And we'll see what happens with Joe. I don't know. Like, is Joe going to end up transferring? Is he going to end up saying? We don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. That's true. Uh, but if Joe does stick around, then yeah, he would certainly classify in that as like, yeah, he could handle point guard in a pinch if he really needed to. So you should be covered in terms of the numbers numbers of bodies that you have for that position. Uh, but as far as, you know, the minutes, I don't know. Dewan played 34 minutes per game last year. It's not often you see guys go down in minutes when they return. <laughs> yeah, especially considering how well he played. So, 
You could be looking at 35 minutes a game yes. or something. I don't know. What We've seen Frank Mason and Devontae Graham play 37, 38 minutes per game. Like, that yeah. wouldn't be that crazy. Yeah. But I just assume El Marco Jackson would be playing the minutes that he's off on the bench. And then El Marco will play a lot next to Dewan Harris. And when you look at that, that two-guard spot, could be some of El Marco. Could be Joe Yesifu if he's back. Uh, I guess we'll wait and see what happens with like MJ Rice and, and the Grady Dick decisions. Uh, could be like a transfer portal guy that comes in and, and plays next to you. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts there, uh, but they should be just fine at the point guard position. As far as yep. the, the scholarship numbers, so if KU, um, basically you look at it this way, Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson are gone. So you have 13 scholarship players right now. You yep. lose those two, now you're down to 11. Kim Martin transferring out, now you're down to 10. Bobby Pettiford transferring out, now you're down to 9. Let's hold off on the Clemens thing for a second. Um, you had four freshmen. So now you're up to 13 again, but you need to get down to 12 because of the scholarship loss because of the impost stuff. Yeah, you can get down to 12. Stuff, yeah. yeah, so you can get down to 12 if Zach is going. That would get you down to 12. If Grady Dick ends up going pro, that would get you down to 11. That would open you up for one scholarship. And then if anybody else leaves, right, if another guard or center or MJ Rice, any of those guys leave, then you have even more to work with. So, um if hypothetically Clements is going to along with Bobby Pettiford, that basically means you're in a uh, the, the what's the bar term one in one out type of situation where it's like um, the bar is full to capacity. When okay. three people leave the bar, three people can come in. Two people leave the Look, bar, I'm two just, people can come in. I'm just gonna tell you, I, I'm not the type of guy that would be a bouncer at a bar. I mean, I'm the least threatening person you would ever see in your entire life. Well, you nope. about the, you've no, never if, been on the other end me, though. If you have me as a bouncer, you have a lot of problems. But you've never been on the other end where they're like, "Hey, we're full. We gotta wait for you know people to come out." Yeah, I mean, if you're with like a party and they're like, and you have like four people and they're like, "Hey, only three can come in," and you're like, "Dude, come on, we can't let the fourth guy in." Right. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. So that that's basically if Clemens is gone too, that would mean that you would have with Martin Clemens, Pettiford, uh, and then. Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson, you'd have five out, four coming in. You would be getting down to your 12 scholarship players. So if Grady Dick goes pro, one can come in. If this guy transfers, another can come in. And that's basically what this is going to become at this point. The things could get a little hot and heavy in the transfer portal. Kansas could be going after a lot of guys. I mean, we've talked a lot about uh, Kansas, their need for shooting in the transfer yeah. portal this year. And I've, there's been very supportive guys say, where Kansas has been a team that's reached out to some guys yeah. already. It feels like every transfer I see in there where it's like, this guy was a 41% three-point shooter last year. It's like, Kansas reached out to him. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Because they're going to need just, shooting you know, next year. Doing due diligence. Exactly. You, know? you can never have enough shooting either. Because even if you, like, I always look back to last year's team. It was like, hey, you have Jalen Coleman-Lands coming off the bench. If you really need a three-point shot, like, boom. There's a veteran player who's comfortable coming off the bench, wants to just be a part of a winning team, and shoots 40% from three. Like, okay, sign me up. And that, that's part of it, too. Now, if Clements <laughs> does end up going, if he ends up staying, then, um, I don't know, at this You'll point, it might be a have... little bit more of a surprise, but yeah, he would continue to try to battle out with, I guess, Zuby and Ernest for that spot. Certainly seems like Ernest was ahead of him. I mean, the rotation would speak that out. You no, I mean, but but again, if, if suddenly you're going to play more of KJ and Ernest together sure. at four and five... That opens it up for more possibilities. I yeah, guess. I I will, I will say that. I mean, big if you're moving KJ to the four, Zach Clements is a very ideal fit Behind because yeah. of his ability to shoot, which allows you to kind of invert them on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, KJ can be down low, Zach can be up top. Um, but if he does end up going, 
then I think it'd kind of be the same thing as Bobby Pettiford where you look at it and say, yeah, it, it wasn't the best fit for a Bill Self offense typically, and he can go to some you know low-end power five or, or high mid-major and get some more playing time, get to an offense that does more have the consistent stretch five that's going to utilize him the right way. And if he does leave, that would basically mean for the center position, Cam Martin's gone. If Zach Clements were gone too, then you'd be left with just, I guess, two guys, but really three. K.J. Adams can... I don't know. Is he going to be a four or five? Whatever. Either way, we know he can play the five. Uh, Ernest Uday and then Zuby Edgefer. And I guess you don't totally know. Is Zuby back? Is he going to go? I, I would assume he's back, but I don't totally know that for a fact. Um, to where it would be reasonable for you to bring in another body at center, but you could view that one of two ways. Let's say, hypothetically, Zach Clements does leave the program and transfer, which, again, not confirmed. Um, and you had Ernest and Zuby and then KJ. Would you use a scholarship on another big? And if you did, would you bring in a guy that is maybe just a comfortable veteran who's like, hey, I'm just fine competing for backup minutes and I just want to be part of a winning team? Or would you go for like somebody who's really good that might kind of piss off the guys you currently have there who are younger? Yeah, I think the difficult part of that is, and I've seen a lot of people on, on Twitter suggest this, is the general thought process is basically people or you expect Ernest to take a big step in this offseason and become more of a that five guy and develop more of an offensive skill set, learn how to set screens, hopefully, and <laughs> do some of those other things, in which case Ernest would be your guy. So when you when you consider from the portal, if you're looking to, to add somebody there, the question really becomes, and, and it's hard to project out, but it's like if Ernest does go ahead and become that, that elite-level big man that you think he has the potential to be this quickly next season – you probably wouldn't want to go out and try to get another guy that would want to start, right? You would maybe look for somebody else more who could be a supplement to that. But then again, if Ernest, for whatever reason, if it, the timeline's a little bit longer on him or, for what, or you know, he doesn't quite progress as quickly as maybe you hope him to, then maybe you do want to go out and get a, a veteran guy that could, that could start for you. And the issue with that is you won't know with Ernest until basically once you start next season. But obviously with the transfer portal window, you'd have to make that decision pretty quickly. So that's where I think the difficulty with the situation with if you were going to depending on who you were going to go after in terms of a big man would be is like how much do you trust in projecting out Ernest to be, you know, that next sort of elite big guy for KU, you know, the a David McCormick-esque player, a guy who could really build it, you know, have building blocks of what he's done and elevate to the next level versus maybe it does take a little bit longer for him. I mean, obviously, you know, for a guy like Dave, it took Dave it took Dave a while to really start to build that consistency. And if that's the same case for Ernest, yeah, maybe you do want a guy who can be a starter occasionally down low. But again, the difficulty of that is you don't you won't know, right? With Ernest, you won't know basically until the season starts. But you'd have to make that decision if you're the coaching staff for Kansas on who you're going to go after in the portal much quicker. So it really just comes down to how much do you trust in whatever you project Ernest you think will be by the time he gets to next season. Yeah, I, I think it would have to, for me, be like a, a star-level big man that can come in and uh, would be a one-year guy where you feel like Ernest can be the backup big and learn from him, play 12, 15 minutes a game for a full season as opposed to just kind of the half of the season he had this year, and then um, Ernest would be the guy the year after that. But and, there's no question that Ernest has the confidence sure. in himself that he thinks he can be that this year. Yeah, and... and so, what if he does? I mean, then I mean, you know, obviously, I guess it's not bad to, at that point to have two really that's what I'm really saying. elite level bigs. I but. think we're to a point now, and and what we're seeing with with the transfer portal here, 
Bill Self, especially after how bad the bench was this past year, Bill Self is saying, I would rather go into a season and have three guys mad at me that I'm not playing them on the end of the bench than having an entire bench where I can't trust anyone. Yeah. And so from that notion, I mean, this is Kansas basketball, man. This is Kansas basketball. If you're afraid of competition, get out. And uh, Sure. Yeah, no, I understand that. If if there is a star big man that happens to work into the portal and he has interest in KU, I say you bring him on. And and if Ernest beats him out, then great. Or if Ernest plays really well in 12 to 15 minutes off the bench and then you feel that he's going to be an All-American the next year, even better. But you can never have enough talent at this point. Sure, so yeah. I, I guess I, the, the tough part would be... How does it piss you, them off and, and make them want to transfer, right? That or how much do you make that a priority? Like, do you feel like you I don't need think it's more, a priority. I think it's exactly, a like, like because keep with, your options with the, open and see if it opens up with the reduction of one scholarship, that basically limits you in the transfer portal of how many transfer guys you could bring in, right? Yeah, because I mean, best case scenario right now for Kansas, you're only potentially going to have like two, two transfers, maybe yeah. three. I definitely think it's a, a keep your options open type of thing. I, I think that we've seen this the past couple of years where guys all of a sudden enter the transfer portal kind of at the last minute after they come back from the NBA draft and they end up not going to the draft. Leave at least one scholarship open for around that point in time. I, I think that's kind of a smart thing to do. And if one does fall into your lap, you don't say no. But you are right. It's not a priority. Priority is still get some wings, get some guys who can who can shoot the ball, get some guys who can create off the bounce, get some guys who can score for you on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, and maybe a, a center does help with that in, in yep. some way or another. Good. Yeah. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Shreyas Lada going to join us in 15 minutes. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk. It's been a busy day for KU basketball with the transfer portal, some exits out of the team with Nick Springer and Derek Johnson on RCST, and we're joined to break down some of that in the offseason ahead now for the KU basketball team with one Shreyas Lada of the Kansas City Star. You can check out all his work, kansascity.com, and in the Star. Uh, so I guess first things first, it was, uh, I guess, talked about earlier today that Kansas is going to be losing some transfers. Bobby Pettiford leaving the program. Cam Martin leaving the program. Um, seems like Zach Clements might have a foot out the door at this point. What are kind of your thoughts on on the KU players leaving the program at this point and uh, the repercussions of that? I mean, honestly, I look at it and, and nothing super unexpected. A little bit of Bobby was surprising to me. I mean, I talked to him Saturday and he pretty much said he was coming back. I um, mean, he was excited to play Juan next year to try to start. I presume there is probably some talks with coaches and them talking about how you know maybe there isn't much of a role as he hoped for, but he clearly loves Kansas. He loves KU. I mean, he made that clear every time I talked to him, um, and I wish him the best. Uh, always fun to talk to and great kid, uh, like I say, at 25 years old. But uh, just overall, I mean, like it seems like they're clearing house. They, they have a young squad of four freshmen coming in. Uh, guys like Ernest and KJ are ready to take the next step in their development. Um, there's going to be some, you know, I think heavy movement in the transfer portal because they have 45 points per game to replace if Grady decides to go to the NBA. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a busy summer for Kansas basketball overall. It, it's one of those things where, you know, we probably won't see the, the dust settle till really the transfer portal closes. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who they go out and get because there are a lot of scoring holes. Um, I'm curious to see if some of the guys that you know everyone has you know talked about that could potentially have the portal like Clemens and MJ and Cuff, et cetera, 
end up actually going to the portal and leaving for other schools. Um, but right now, we haven't seen, I think, any huge contributor leave the program uh, for the portal. The guys that are leaving contributor-wise have been are leaving for the draft or professional opportunities. Um, I think the, the grading, you know, whether he goes or doesn't go, is probably the biggest, I think, news per se internally from the team. But uh, who's coming in externally from the portal will be, I think, really interesting to watch as we see it unfold the next month and a half. Okay, well, let's let's dive into the Grady Dick stuff then real quick. Uh, we made it our goal this week that every guest we bring on even if they have nothing to do with KU basketball, we're going to ask them their percentage chance uh, that they think Grady Dick is coming back. I can give you the other numbers if you would like to, to cross-compare. Um, I, I believe Nick said yesterday, what, 15 to 20 percent? Yeah, 15 to 20. You were, you were lower. You were, I, you I were would the lowest, prefer actually. everybody just give me one number, to be honest, than give me a range. So okay, Could you get 17 and a half percent in between? Um, I'm 10 percent. Uh, Matt Tate said twenty-five to thirty percent, so we'll stick that at twenty-seven and a half percent, just to <laughs> well, stick it in between. What Kevin said. What did Kevin uh, say? I think Kevin said he's in between me and you, so, so that would be like you know, thirteen, fourteen percent. Uh, what, what would your number be of Grady Dick returning to Kansas? I'm going to say seventeen point five percent. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Two votes for 17.5%. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's the most popular uh, percentage pick. So why do you have it at 17%? Explain your reasoning. Okay, so after talking to him, you know, at the end of the Arkansas game, obviously there's a lot of emotions there. Uh, There's a lot, uh, I think, that I got out of that feeling. I was like, okay, maybe there's a slight chance he comes back. You know, he just talked about how much the dream come true was to play at Kansas, to play at herself. Um, you know, and just looking at that, I thought the perspective chance of, is pretty low. Um, to be honest with you, I still, like I said, expect him to very much go to the NBA. It's really hard to turn down NBA opportunity. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought there was a slipper. Maybe, you know, he comes back, becomes the guy on the team next year, um, and maybe even raises his draft stock from, like, top 12 to, like, top three or four in a, in a rough draft class for next season, I think, incoming draft class. Is really good, and then the one after that in 2024, I think, is really bad. Um, so he could raise his stock theoretically. But my my thought process on this, and I've told you guys the same thing, is like if he comes back, it's just a higher chance of him falling down the draft than there is of going up. Because how often do guys go from lottery to top five at, by coming back another year? It just doesn't happen that often. Um, and uh, I'm I'm always a big advocate for guys getting their money, and the NBA gives a lot of money, so. I think it makes the most sense career-wise, uh, and in my opinion, overall-wise, for him to go to the NBA and, and you know get the bag and hope he gets drafted to a good team so he can kind of develop there. Obviously, there's some things he needs to develop. You know, lateral quickness he gets a little quicker. He needs to show he can continue to you know dribble off the ball, like dribble with the ball, you know, and take it to the hoop. Uh, he showed a little bit of that in the tournament, um, but I mean, I just look at and I think about this team. He come back, comes back next year, and. You know, Galen Wilson is gone, an All-American. Uh, Kevin McCullough is gone. And then, say, they bring in one or two transfers, but they're not quite as good scoring-wise. I mean, clearly teams respect Grady so much that they'll do whatever to stop him. I mean, Musselman's comments after the Arkansas game, they basically said their entire game plan was to stop Grady in any way possible. And it, it seems like that's what every team has done uh, this season, is they realize if they stop Grady, Katie's offense becomes one-dimensional and relied on Jalen Wilson and... Uh, you know, uh, I just don't see uh, it making a lot of sense for him to come back. 
So then if if he does end up leaving and, and some of these transfers have already made their uh, announcement, uh, what do you view as, as maybe the top trait or just thing in general that KU needs to add via the portal this for this next season? It definitely has to be scoring. I just like I I'm, I like to think about it. Like, God forbid you're asking Dewan Harris to be your number one option or number two option mm-hmm. on a team. It's just you're not going to go far. Um, and and I think he knows that, and, and self knows that. And I mean, I talked to Marcus Adams after he reclassified, and he talked about how they expect him to be the Jalen Wilson, uh, you know, replacement and Kevin McCullough replacement. And freshmen say a lot of things, you know, incoming freshmen. There's always hope. There's a lot of continuity. There's a lot of like, oh, I'm going to be this guy. And I think Marcus is going to be pretty good next year. I just don't think he's going to be ready to put in 20 points per game like Jalen Wilson did. Hell, I'll be surprised if he puts up 12 points per game because it's really hard uh, for freshmen, I think, to come in and be immediate contributors. Brady is one of the few. Um, and I'm curious to see how Marcus looks. I'm curious to see how Marco looks. But they clearly need, I think, one or two guys from the transfer portal that average like 15 of the Pac-12 or the SEC or whatever that maybe aren't quite NBA-ready, but they're a year away and uh, you know, could be a good mercenary almost for Kansas for the next year or two. So what, what do you think positionally should they target in the portal? Would it just be wings? I think so. I think they need a couple wings. Uh, maybe if they can get a big that could play some spot minutes here and there. But honestly, like, you know, between Ernst and Zuby, if they, as long as they stay on the team, and KJ, I think they have a nice rotation there. Uh, maybe they want to get a big that, like, you know, has some starting experience or, like, play, like, 15 minutes off a game for some other team. Uh, just, you know, is insurance or just ability to kind of rotate things. But I think wings make the most sense. So wings, by far, I think, are the position of need for KU basketball. Yeah, the way I view it with the big man, and, and you can agree with me or disagree with me here, but um, the way I view it is they're not really going on the prowl for big men, but if, let's say, I don't know, some you know first-team all-conference big man who's averaging whatever, 16 and 10 or 20 and 10 or whatever, appears in the portal, and he ends up wanting to go to KU, I feel like they would just make that work and then tell the guys, hey, you're in competition. Like, deal with it with, uh, as you will. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, like, if you look at it theoretically, the, the big man position in basketball in general has, I think... You know, it's even if you were dominant, it's very rare to see a team win, you know, in March or in the NBA uh, with a dominant big man. And, you know, I, I, I'd say, and I think most people would agree, is the wing position is probably the most important. And guard position for March is super important, especially. Um, so I 100% agree with that take. I mean, like, obviously, if a guy who averages 16, 10 wins is going to KU, you can't turn that down. But I think logically and just based on how basketball success has kind of changed that way uh a quality wing another like maybe another guard or something like that would probably make more sense uh, i think in the long run obviously you'd rather be still playing if, if you're a coaching staff and you're a team at this point in time like that's better than the alternative but uh to a certain standpoint is there a little bit of positivity of ku not having games this week from the standpoint of now they can really hit the portal hard hi i, I don't know man i mean like I think they were all kind of shocked, and there was a lot of stuff just hanging over the team with the self-help stuff. I mean, like, I think in some ways it's maybe, like, a little kind of, like, a relief in the sense of, like, them wondering if self is coming back. They don't know what's happening. The media is talking about it. I, I, I think about the Arkansas loss, and you replay that game, like, ten times. I think KU wins it seven out of ten times or eight out of ten times. 
You know, there were some uncharacteristic mistakes late game. Um, there were some things that you just don't see at a KU. And I think that was just a little bit of jitters in March, a little bit of, you know, you're not playing with Bill Self, familiarity, a little bit of, I think, K.J. Adams sat for too long. Um, you know, and I wrote an article about it. But it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's almost like it feels like the season would have been better off obviously losing just next round to UConn, who's a really good team. I, I don't sit there and think Arkansas is like some world beaters. I think they're a good team. But UConn is, you know, net ranking is like top five in the nation. They're really good. They're a KU, like a matchup nightmare. Um, and it almost comes off like, you know, there was a lot of things happening with Bill's health and everything else and this and that. I guess there is a slight sigh of relief that that is kind of over that. And it looks like Phelps is on the mend and things seem to be better. Because, um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marcus Adams told me he talked to the coaching staff when he was making a decision. And honestly, the decision to reclassify, he decided on it was the day before when KU lost uh, against Arkansas. So maybe that helps in that sense. But I, I don't think there's a ton of silver linings there. I mean, like, obviously the portal stuff is great, but it seems like even when they were in the tournament, they were talking to teams, they're talking to players uh, in the portal. We're talking with Shreyas Lada here of the Kansas City Star. Is there a player, I, I know it could be sparse pickings based on who stays and who goes here, but is there a player right now that you think if they do return to Kansas can can make maybe the biggest jump for next year's roster in terms of just their level of play? I think there's two. Uh, I think there's Ernest Uday and KJ Adams. Ernest, just every time I talk to him, I come away amazed that he's a freshman. He's so wise he's so serious he has this level of wisdom to him that i don't really see at 18 19 year olds ever uh and he's really willing to put in the work i think he's very objective in what he needs to improve on uh he knows he needs to score more he needs to get better at defense he said um he knows that most likely it could be him at the five kj at the four um and kj also, you know, he, he has tremendous work ethic. He, he works his tail off. And when I, we asked him, like, point blank, what is he doing? He's like, it's my shooting. And I, I agree. I think if he adds, like, a 12-foot shot and maybe even a couple threes, you know, in his game, you could be looking at K.J. Adams' uh, late first-round pick. I mean, that's my hot take. But I think K.J. has the skills to play in the NBA. You just need to shoot the ball. Um, but I think those two guys in particular, I think, could take a really big leap uh, next year. And, and they have the work ethic and, I think, the know-how and, I think the introspective ability to look at what they need to improve on and get better at it. Well, and certainly if that ends up happening, which which I agree with you, I I think we will still see minutes of, of KJ at the five, but I do kind of agree with you mm-hmm. that, yeah, we could see him next to Ernest, which I think that just furthers the idea that in the portal they have to have shooting, right? Because if it's if it's a mm-hmm. starting lineup with DeWan at the one, who we know can make open shots, but he's not really a three-point creator, um, and then you have KJ at mm-hmm. the four, who you have questions about the shooting, and Ernest at the five, those two and three men better be knockdown shooters, otherwise you're going to have some spacing issues. Absolutely, I agree. They, they, I think they're going to have to go hard after shooting, scoring. They really need that, and um, I think they know that too. You know, I, I think there's that expectation of we're cleaning house. I mean, like I, I was reading a comment, just I was curious to see the comments about what was happening with all these guys under the transfer portal, and clearly, um, you know, KU fans were talking about it, comparing it to I think when they lost early a couple of years back and basically retooled the roster. And I kind of had a, had a feeling that was going to happen with this roster, whether they, they lost early or not, uh, just because there's a lot of guys that are just sitting there waiting for minutes. And really there was a seven man rotation most of the year. Um, 
or eight-man rotation, really seven, eight-man rotation. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it has the feel of a team that's going to be retooled, and it, it's going to have some, I think, uh, you know, spark plug issues almost, like a car initially, but I think it can turn out to be a really good roster by, you know, March of next year. Uh, but before we let you go, I, I will ask one football question. We are officially, I guess, now in, in football season with, with spring ball going on every yeah. day. Uh, what do you think is the biggest spring football storyline for KU? Mm, oh, that's a, that's a fun uh, I think, honestly, just the the defensive uh, line, like transfers, the guys they've brought in uh, have really apparently done a great job. And I think, you know, KU's success, uh, for this next season doesn't hinge on its offense being top 10, which I think I expect it to be uh, again, but it's how much does the defense improve from where they were last year to where they are now. If KU's defense is good, or I mean, just really even just average, uh, it could look at a big leap in games one. And, it, you know, obviously it's hard to project how many games they win because Kansas, or sorry, football in general is one of those sports where you could be a better team than the, the previous year, but you don't win as many games just because of the schedule where things happen or whatever. But I think if the defense is better than last year and Jalen Daniels is Jalen Daniels, you know, I, I think KU could be a leap in, in games one. We could hit, they could hit seven, maybe even eight wins. Maybe it's optimistic of me to think that, but I, I came into the beat. I write around bowl season, but this, this team has a, has a feel around them that they are, you know, want to be much better than they were last year. And the athletics department has invested in uh, opportunities for them to get better and stuff like that. So, I'm, you know, if I was a KU fan, I'd be excited about it. He is Shreyas Lada. You can check out all his uh, recent work, including piece with Ernest Uday and talking about KJ Adams, as he also mentioned in the segment, over in the Kansas City Star and at KansasCity.com. Shreyas, appreciate the time as always, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Shreyas Lada of the Kansas City Star joining the show on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, uh, one hour and like 50 minutes to go. We're out a little bit early for uh, KU Baseball. KU Mailbag next. This is RCST on KLWN, depending on it. Four o'clock hour on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That time of the week for another KU mailbag here. Thank you to everybody who submitted a question for us uh, at RCST1320 is where you can uh, hit us up as well as either of our individual accounts. If Best segment of the week, baby. You have a question for the week. Um, so let's just get it rolling. All First right. one up from Scott. What is the worst movie you and Nick have ever seen more than once? Emphasis, more than once. Okay. So, I was thinking about this. And when I was a kid, I would you know, I'd hang out with my dad or whatever. If it was like a weekend or whatever, sometimes if there was no sports on, you know, there'd be like movies on TV. Sometimes we would just flip around and watch movies on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's some bad movies that they put on TV. Yeah. Like some not very good movies. And so... I was thinking about this, and I actually went on a list. No, I I texted my dad, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Scott asked this question of the show. Like, what what do you think?" My dad responded with uh, a movie called Black Knight. It is a comedy 
with uh, Martin Lawrence. Oh, I've seen that. That one's not. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's where good, but I think, I've seen I think way the premise of it is like he uh, he like gets dragged back in. Yeah, time. it's like he yeah. teleports back in time to like medieval times, and so he's like literally the knight, but he's also black, so that's why it's called Black Knight, I think. Uh, I don't know that that. Was, <laughs> why are you laughing What's, at that? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm not laughing. No, okay. So that one, that one. By you the know, way, I was 15 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Listen, Ooh, I'm not saying it was good. that bad. It, it was, dude. I'm, I'm looking. There's Rotten Tomatoes. There's movies that got zero percent. So I don't know. I mean, off the top of my head, I, but I guess I if it's know. if you've seen it twice, that doesn't yeah, make a difference. Exactly. You have to see it twice. Because if it's a zero percent, you're that, not. That's see why it I was again. thinking of movies on TV because there are there's plenty of times where I have watched a bad movie on TV more than once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? This is an easy answer for me. Um, and I, the only thing that's that's making me pause is I, I feel like there's another movie in there that like I just hated or I thought was really really boring that maybe I have seen twice because somebody else like wanted to watch it and I just didn't like it. But the one that, that immediately came to mind when this question was asked and I'm just gonna stick with it is Bubble Boy. I've never even heard of that. Bubble Boy is a horrible movie that you would be surprised is starring one Jake Gyllenhaal. Really? Yes. Huh. Also has Danny Trejo in it. Oh, it okay. is horrible. Did I just I just googled Bubble Boy <laughs> in in the top question that pops up. People also ask: Is Bubble Boy based on a true story? What do you think? <laughs> I am disappointed. Well, okay, let's, let's, here's here's the way I was thinking about this question too. Is like, have you ever seen a movie and you the first time you watched it you were like, this movie sucked. But then you yeah. thought about it and you were like, you know. Maybe I was like in a bad mood when I watched it, or like I didn't give it a fair shake. And so sure. you go watch it a second time, then it turns out it actually was just bad. Yeah, I, I think it also happens the other way, where you see a movie as a kid and you're like, "Man, I loved that movie," and then you watch it again later and you're like, "Why did I love that movie?" <laughs> um, with Bubble Boy, it was a movie that I I thought was horrible as a child, and then I I remember rewatching it maybe five or six years ago because somebody was like, "It can't be that bad." And then you and watched the whole it with time. It did make it a more enjoyable experience watching it the second time, where it was like, "This is so unbelievably bad that you start laughing at it, you make fun of it, and all that stuff." I'm surprised it has like a five point something on IMDb. It is the, it's the worst movie I've ever watched what, multiple what's, times. What's the premise? Guess. Um, I mean, no, please take the, a guess. I actually guy, want you to guess. There's a guy that is like trapped in a in a in a in a bubble. I mean, you're pretty close. It's a guy who. His his mom doesn't like the idea of him like leaving the house, and she's oh, so, so protective like a of him. Oh, he's Yeah, yeah. So he's only allowed to leave the house in a bubble. So she she tells him that he has some sort of disease where if he gets like any real germs on him, he dies. Oh, so he grows up his whole life thinking he's just gonna die if he touches real air, and so he lives yeah in a bubble. His room is like a bubble. His mom like gives him, feeds him with, I don't know, gives him food and I don't know, all sorts of okay, yeah. made up stuff, right? Says that he can eat ice cream, like if it's freezer dried, it's fine, stuff like that. Like, it's so stupid. Dude, so that stupid. Is messed up. And so uh, there's this next door neighbor who he falls in love with, but then she goes off to marry some other dude because he can't ever leave his house because he's in a bubble. And uh, it's the journey of him traveling across the country in a bubble. In a, he makes like a little bubble suit for himself, you know? <laughs> And yeah, it's a dude. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But I think you should watch it. It sounds kind of good, honestly. No, it's not. <laughs> I will not be watching it with you. Two times was enough. All right, this one from Frank. <laughs> what are the top five things you want to see 
that you might actually be able to see at the KU Football Spring Showcase. All right, I have a list here. You ready? Yep. Number one, Jalen Daniels throwing. It's been too long. Yeah. I need I need, a, just I need my cool fix. In person, right? I'm like a druggie. I need my fix. Yeah. I just want to see Jalen Daniels throwing a By football. the way, if you're looking for the date on that, it is April 7th at uh, 7 Okay, so Jalen Daniels throwing. Number two, I want to see what Jason Bean does. I want to see if KU just shows any interesting uses of him. No, uh, they will they, not show that. No. Well, I, I understand that they probably won't, but just if it's something that I want to see. This says that you might actually be able to see. They will not show that. Zero percent chance. You don't think so? They were you trying think, to keep You don't think the, they'll ever do you don't think they'll do one formation where he's no. like a wide receiver. They were trying to Come on, dude. It's keep the option like, stuff under thing. wraps last year. They're not gonna leave that open. One thing. Okay, well, I still want to see Jason. Do you think we see, like, we saw Chris Tehan throw a pass last year. Bomb, dime of a pass. Do you think we see that again? Was that two years ago? No, that was last year. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so are you year. saying another basketball player will show up? Like, will... This is not will, of the allure will, because... Will KJ show up and... And Jalen shows Wilson shows up? No, he's going to be working on the... It had to be a walk-on because they didn't want to get injured, right? Um, so, yeah, maybe it won't <laughs> happen. Okay. Next thing on the list is last preseason, going into last season... The, we talked about the wide receiver room being like one of the weakest rooms in the whole team and whatever, and then they ended up being one of your stalwart position groups. Like, they were excellent. They did so good. So, coming into this season, the expectations are going to be much, much higher for those guys, and it's a lot of the same guys. So, I'm curious to see what they look like in spring ball, basically, in terms of building on what they did last season, right? Because last season, the expectations weren't there, and they ended up having a solid year. Well, coming into this year, I think most people are going to have a lot much higher expectations for guys like Lawrence Arnold, right? What do they look like? What's what's their progression like? I'm interested in that. Also, I think Mike Nowitzki is out for the spring, right? Isn't he in surgery? He's Yeah, he's dealing with some sort of injury. So because of that, I think it would be interesting to see the offensive line because you've got some transfers on the offensive line. And with no Mike Nowitzki, you might have a chance to see some guys play different roles in the offensive line that might show a little bit more, basically. Yeah, so I'm interested I, in that. I, I don't know how much we're going to learn from a physicality standpoint. You're not yeah. going to learn a ton, like, with But tackling. just, like, from, like, technique and players, sure. you know. I don't know how much we'll learn with, like, the defensive line because, it, I don't know, there, there's only so much that I just realized that there. my list only has four things on it. So yeah, I well, I, I do think that because it's a showcase and it's not a full game, it's going to be more drills where they're in individual portions of it. So that's to begin with. Um, I guess you are looking like, yeah, how does the ball look coming out of, I don't know, some of the quarterback's hands, like maybe the young guys, like Ethan Vasco. Um, how do hands look of, of some of the individual receivers? Uh, but I do think we will be seeing some, you know, drills of position groups. Like, we'll be seeing almost like seven-on-seven seven with quarterbacks going against DBs. Kenny Logan well, are, is dealing with Are they not going to have at least some portion of it that's like a live game? They did last year, but it was like, very short, like five minutes of a live game. Okay, the well, rest of it was all like drills. And that's stuff. five more than zero. I know, but it was it was like rotate. It would be one play with the first team offense, one play with the you know backups. In it. Like I don't know. Okay, so basically we get to draw season preseason conclusions from one play. That well, that's kind of the point. You can't. You you almost can't. I think we should. But I, I do I think, think you can learn a little about the some segments and say let's analyze this one play and, oh, and we extrapolate. Can, I mean, we can. We can the over, entire overreact. season. We can off do one play. Instead of our NFL Monday overreactions, we can do our spring game overreactions. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Uh, but I, I do think that you could learn a little bit about the DBs and the receivers. Okay. Uh, KU should have a good receiving group. Yes. And we know KU has a good quarterback. So this is more yes. so about the DBs. Kenny Logan is out. You're going to have some maybe other DBs in there, but sure. also a yeah. lot of returning guys. 
Let's see how much they've improved. Because if the DBs look really good, if the DBs slow down a unit that we know is good, a passing game that we know is good, that could be a good well, sign for the defense. Kind of like what Shreyas alluded to when we had him on the show earlier is that for the KU defense, like if they're just average or even slightly below average, you figure your offense is going to be top 25 in the country at least. That should give put you in a good spot to win some games. So, right, the defense, what does that look like? Yeah. But, yeah, you won't see much hitting or, you know, sacking the quarterback. So, I don't know how much we learn in, in some of those other areas. This one from uh, Kyle. Top three cities in the U.S. to visit. Not New York. No, I'm just kidding. Anything maybe but New, New York. York. I'm just kidding. Maybe New York. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Honestly, like, growing up. It really depends what you're looking for, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, and, you know, growing up, I didn't really travel a lot. So, I, like, I, you know, I never really was like, wow, I really want to go see this. Or, wow, I really want to go see that. You know, like, like for me... Like, I'm a big history buff. Like, I enjoy history. I've never been to Washington, D.C. So, like, for me, that's somewhere that I would maybe want to go for, like, museums yeah. and monuments and stuff. Right. Even though that's, that's, not, like a, that's not like a vacation place. No, but it like, really you know. is, like, what you want to do. It's like, sure, yeah. Um, do you want to go on a beach? Because that's going to be a completely different yeah, answer. I don't, I don't really Do you want to I mean, go see history? I don't right? really care for the beach that much. Do you want to go to an amusement park? I don't know if I told you this, but I, ne- I had never seen the beach in my entire life until, like, four years ago. That's insane. So I was literally like, I, mean, I was literally, Kansas, so. I was literally like 21 the first time I saw the beach. So for me personally, that's just how I'm gonna approach this list. You want to go to a beach? I um, for me vacations like going to a beach where you can relax and just turn off for a few days or a week or however long you're out there. Sure, sure. That's always number one. So uh, cities in the U.S. It's gonna be revolved around that. I will throw out there one that's not a beach that I just love going to all the time, but it's it's. Um, Las Vegas would be up there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I didn't know if this question was, like, top three cities you want to visit or top three cities you have visited that you love or, like... I'm just throwing it where I like to visit. That's okay. just how well, I'm doing Las it. Well, then Las Vegas would be in my list. Because, like I said, if, if you want to do the beach, it could be these three. If you don't want to... But for me, Las Vegas, I love going to Lake Tahoe. I was just out there last weekend. That would be up there for me. So I'll have that uh, in the top two. And then I'm just going to... I'm going to put one, one blanket group, one together. Um... Any city in a Hawaiian island. You want to go to Hawaii? Honolulu, you want to go to Maui, you want to go to somewhere in Kauai, whatever. Because it's it's the ultimate turn off uh, your mind, True. lay down yeah. in the sand, have a good drink in your hand, relax. You can do all sorts like, of different stuff. I've never been historical, to, you can whatever. I've never been to California, so maybe like, I don't know, like a place like San Diego, I would want to go there. Yeah, San Diego's great. Or, you know, Los Angeles or something. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to California. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So those are my different three. Uh, with Las uh, with Las Vegas, you can get kind of your your partying on, your gambling on. With Hawaii, you can get your relaxing on. With Lake Tahoe, you can actually do a little bit of both, and they have good a bunch of stuff that you can kind of do in the summer on the lake. So hmm. uh, those are the three I'll go with. Yeah, yeah. This one from JD. If you're in charge of Memorial Stadium renovation, what's the main feature that you're showcasing in the stadium? Okay. I think I would want to showcase seating and video boards slash boards. Right, I think that would be something that you would want to show as an appeal, and maybe even something like the Ring of Honor. Like that's something that hasn't really been talked about that much. But is there a way you can showcase that better than what it is now? Right, to really, really lean into more of the tradition of KU football. Right, like that'd be something cool. But also something else that I would want to make very, very clear in terms of like when I'm showcasing the new stadium and whatnot is, and we've talked about this. What makes what makes KU Stadium position unique? It's the hill, it's the Campanile, it's the view, right? So I would want to showcase that somehow, you know, and demonstrate it, you know, whether it's whatever through, like, drawings or whatever of, like, 
oh, you know, this is the view you're going to have of like the hill or here's or here's like people sitting on the hill enjoying the game or whatever. Like to me, that's the most unique thing about the stadium, right? Because if you just build it an enclosed stadium, it's just another stadium, right? But for but KU has that unique thing that they can use. So I would really want to accentuate that uh, and demonstrate like, hey, you know, this is going to be like, oh, you know, you can walk down the hill of the stadium like you can now, but maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little bit different or whatever. And, you know, oh, there's, you know, tailgating options, whatever. And then you walk into the stadium and boom, you know, or there's like a giant, you know, whatever. Somehow, some way to accentuate that and be like, you're sitting in the stadium and you're looking down at the field and you can see everything else in the background, like something like that. I want the field to be made of sand. Build your team around it. You want, you want it to be like a, the baseball field, like dirt field? Yeah, but like deep sand. Like it's like a sand? struggle to... No, not quicksand. I don't want people dying. Um, like where it's a struggle to run up and down the field. Why? Everybody's slow, neutralizes talent, and you just build your team to be like a bunch of gigantic <laughs> like, dudes. What? <laughs> like, what? Like, what? I guess I don't understand what the advantage... Like, what advantage would you get? You wouldn't get any advantage. Would you? Well, you build your roster around it. But be like, more- how do you build your roster around sand? Forget speed, because nobody's going to be fast. So you so just, just a bunch of slow fat guys? Yeah, like you know the the Jim Harbaugh formations where they have all eleven guys on the line of scrimmage or like in the backfield. That's every sure, play. Fine. That's every play. You're running QB sneak every play. You're running fullback dive every play. Dude, you would have strongest two fans. guys. That'd be the most boring. That'd be so boring. I would never go to a game. No, I'm just kidding. That's not actually what I want. No, I I do agree with you on the uh, the Campanile. Um, I I want that to be highlighted. I also would love to have like a, a bigger, nicer big board somewhere. I guess That's better seats, yeah, video boards, better yeah. bathrooms. Stuff oh like yeah, that. I forgot about bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about bathrooms. But like, like, I didn't want to put bathrooms on there because like, first of all, how do you like make bathrooms cool? You know what I mean? Just like make they're them nicer. They're bathrooms. But like, you don't want to highlight. You don't want that to be like one of the highlighting features of you building a new stadium. All right, concession. Like, oh, we're gonna build a new stadium, but check out these bathrooms that we got. Now let's have let's have some con- concessions in there. You know, all sorts of different options for things you can eat, drink, that sort of stuff. Keegan, you're in charge of KU basketball recruiting for this offseason. Give us three types of players you believe who would make the biggest impact next year. Okay, first off is wings. Guys on the on the perimeter, right? Because you lose Kevin McCuller, you lose Jalen Wilson, you're probably going to lose Grady Dick, and that leaves you in terms of that wing position. That leaves you with basically MJ Rice, essentially. So you want to fill out with guys that are, you know, like six five, six six, six seven, six eight range wing type players that can maybe shoot the ball a little bit, play some defense, because that's where your biggest hole is right now, in terms of guys that we assume are going to be leaving, which is your top three wings, Grady Dick. Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCall. That's number one. Number two, kind of lumped in with that, just guys who can shoot. You're going to need some shooting, especially if Grady Dick does end up leaving. That's going to leave you with basically, at that point, what, DeWan Harris is your best returning three-point shooter. And obviously, he's not a guy that can create a lot of three-point shots. He's more of a, when you leave him open, he can knock it down. But he, but he would be your best, I think, in that scenario. So, guys who can shoot. And then finally... Uh, guys who can guys who can create their own shots a little bit. Uh, Shrey's talked about this, alluded to this too as well when, in our interview, which is when Grady Dick was getting shut down or being specifically targeted by defenses, it kind of just became what can Jalen Wilson create. So you'd like to have another guy or two or multiple, preferably more than one guys that have that can sort of create their own shots when your offense is kind of stagnant or whatever, or you need a bucket late in the shot clock and you need a guy that can just get in and get that hard work done, basically like Jalen Wilson was able to do. That's what I would go for. 
The only one that I might exchange out is back to the center conversation we were having earlier. If you find a center who could be like a legit All-American for you and they put up, you know, 16 Dude, and 8. All-American centers don't just fall off trees. They don't. Uh, but, you know, that I, I mean in terms of that they were like all-conference at their previous stop, averaging, you know, 16 and 8 or something, and that in your system could become an All-American. Um, and they can stretch the floor a little bit from three. Doesn't mean they have to be like shooting four three pointers a game, but that you know maybe they're shooting low mid thirties on one attempt per game or something like that. Okay. You can at least stretch it a little bit on occasion. Next to KJ Adams, I think that would go up there too. Okay, this one from Quentin. Where does Jalen Wilson rank on your all-time Bill Self players list? This is interesting. I I think he's got to be pretty high up there just based on his accomplishments. And we talked about this, uh, I think on yeah on yesterday's show, which is. For me personally, and I think for a lot of other KU fans, Jalen Wilson over the course of the season has quickly, very quickly risen up my list of just favorite players that I've enjoyed watching because of how much he, he leaves it all on the floor, how much he truly cared about the program and was so passionate about what he was doing. And so he's got to be pretty high up there for me. I mean, I think for me, I look at I look at guys like Frank Mason, Devontae Graham. Uh, those, those would probably be up there. Doak. Ochai, certainly Ochai, similar story to, to Jalen of just a guy who grew so much over his time and became such an excellent player. But I mean, he's so I would put him at, you know, fringe top four, five, six range probably for me. Yeah, if we just go with guys who have had their jerseys retired or I know will at Kansas, I'd for sure have Frank Mason, Sharon Collins, Udoka Azubuki, Ochai ahead of him. Um, guys that I would lean having ahead of him, but might be able to be convinced otherwise if you want to make a compelling case, but I would have ahead right now would be Wayne Simeon, Devontae Graham. So I think for me, that would put him seven. I, as far as the guys with jerseys retired or will have their jerseys retired that I have them ahead, Brandon Rush, Mario Chalmers, Cole Aldridge, Marcus Morris, I think, uh, better than those guys, Thomas Robinson, but that one's close. Um, is Devon Dotson going to get his jersey retired? I don't think so. Probably He's only not. here two years, second team All-American, not first. He didn't get it. I mean, it's unfortunate. If they would have won a title, it would have probably, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are probably the ones. So well, yeah, in the top five, six, seven range. Yeah. This one from RO. Do you think Bill Self's health affects transfer recruitment? Okay. In the short term, maybe, but I really don't think so that much uh, because now, now that Katie's especially now the case out of the tournament, basically you have your whole staff dedicated now to figuring out the puzzle pieces of what your team's going to look like next season. And, right. So even, even if Bill Self is still needing some time to fully recover, his whole, his whole the rest of his staff can kind of pick up the slack there, I think. So in the short term, I, I don't think so, you know, unless, unless, he, unless he really continues to have maybe more health complications with that that maybe does create some issues. But I, I don't think so. In the long term, I would say no, assuming he recovers well and knows that he's going to be coaching next year. But obviously, you know, that, that I guess, could still change, right? So, assuming he's back and assuming he has time to recover over the course of the offseason, long term, no. In the short term, maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it really affects, like, him Because you've got calling. your whole staff. Yeah, yeah and, also, staff. and also, yeah, what, I mean, how hard is it to make a phone call? Right, yeah, do a so, Zoom call. Yeah. I guess you could say like maybe he's he gets tired easier now, so maybe it's harder for him to do it over yeah. like and like but you know with, consistently with like tra- if you need to travel and whatnot, you have your staff for that, you know. But I feel like most times the players are coming here. Could be, yeah. You know, and, and then yeah. you, like you said, you have your staff and players showing them around. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it could be a small amount, but I, I don't think enough that I ex- like I, I still expect like, it's not to gonna be like big transfers. Exactly. It's not gonna be like, well, 
I'm in the transfer portal, and I only got to see Bill Self like a couple times because he was recovering. And because of that, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, that's not going to be the case. No. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's our KU Mailbag. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got our KU Club interviews brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. We're going to be joined by the KU Women's Rugby Team. This is RCST on KLWN. Real quick, though, before we go to break, it is all about confidence. Confidence knowing you'll be ready to go when your partner is. Confidence knowing you'll be able to go a few extra rounds when needed. Confidence is what you get with the chewables from Blue Chew. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct to you. It is cheaper than a pharmacy, and they are an online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. So you don't like swallowing pills? No problem. Chewables. With Sildenafil and Totafil, the tablets are chewable and they can taste good too because now they have the Vardenafil mint flavored chewables with the active ingredient in Levitra and Saxon so you can stay hard and fresh. If you would like to benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com. Here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code RCST at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code RCST to receive your first month free. This is KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer, and we're joined by Sadie Rodriguez as we continue on with our KU Club interviews brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. We can go on out, get some of their amazing Wilson wings or one of the great burgers or the slice of pizza, get the nuke Lelouch, whatever you like. Johnny's, I guarantee, is going to have it covered there, and you're going to feel like you're part of the neighborhood. You can hang out with uh, some people, meet some new friends, or hang out with some of your current ones and family as well. And uh, one of the fun... I guess uh, teams that we've getting, gotten to know over the years or, or so here is the uh, KU men's rugby team. But did you know KU has a women's rugby team as well? And uh, I'm really excited for this conversation. Sadie Rodriguez joins us again. So, uh, Sadie, I guess first things first, what is your involvement in the club? What yeah. is your, I guess, title? Yeah, so um, I'm currently the president of our KU exec board. Um, I'm also the captain of the team, or one of the captains, Um, but we have a bigger organization called KU, uh, or excuse me, Kansas Women's Rugby, Mm -hmm. um, which is basically uh, an organization that tries to uh, bring rugby back into Lawrence. So we have our KU side, um, which I'm heavily a part of, and then I kind of act as a collegiate um, representative for the Kansas Women's Rugby because we have our... Uh, bison team which is pretty much 18 uh, everybody 18 and over what got you into rugby to begin with yeah so um when i first came here to ku i just finished playing soccer um in high school and everything it was pretty much all i did uh and decided i wanted to do something absolutely like different <laughs> um, I wanted to try something else uh, try something a little rebellious a lot more contact right oh definitely you'd be surprised though I I've had worse injuries playing uh, soccer than rugby really? yeah uh, I don't know what it is about the sport it's just I, I don't know I was a goalkeeper for a while so I've had some gnarly people concussions, yeah. stuff like that and I feel like I don't know I feel like rugby there's so many rules that kind of protect the player that I think the worst I've had is a concussion, um, which I've had in, in soccer, 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun, a big change, um, but not too big to where I feel like my soccer doesn't really translate onto the field. Um, but yeah, but it's definitely a lot of fun. So where where does the soccer translate? Is it is it quick burst? Because I think this is interesting for maybe some people who did play some sport in high school, but maybe their school didn't offer rugby or they didn't know about the local rugby club. And they're like, you know what, I, I am kind of interested in joining the rugby club, but I don't know if, if my game or my skills translate to that. What would you say to yeah. Um. So at least for what we do, we kind of try to figure out what, like when we have new players come in, because um, we have a lot of players that never even heard of rugby before. Um, I was one of those players that had like seen rugby on the Olympics and that was pretty much it. Um, but we try to like translate um, basically what you're familiar with to what, you know, it is in rugby. Um, a lot of that like is kind of defensive positioning. Um, some of it's kind of how we do the drill. Like for me, um, we would do like ball passing drills and it kind of reminded me of like rondos in soccer where you would like have a square setup and then like pass around. Um, but it just, it kind of like, it's more of the athleticism that kind of just translates. Um, also like going up for the ball, being a goalkeeper. Um, I was kind of familiar with um, just because like, you know, you kind of go up and want to protect yourself and stuff like that. But um, it's more of the, uh, athleticism, some kind of defensive positioning, stuff like that, that was like easy to translate or easy to transition to. How many kids are on the team or how many players? So as of right now, there are three, four active uh, KU players. We had a couple injuries last season. Um, and with, you know, these new schedules, a lot of our team was freshmen and a lot of them were um, new to the sport. Just with their new schedules and stuff, uh, it just wasn't working out, and so they had to drop rugby, unfortunately. Um, but we also have a few players on our bison side, so we get to practice with them, um, which helps with our practice numbers. And how often are you guys practicing and, and playing games? Yeah, so we practice every Tuesday, Thursday, at around like 6 at Holcomb Park. Um, and our games right now, just because of... Uh, women's rugby, like collegiate rugby as a whole, has had issues after the pandemic, just recruiting and getting numbers. So our games are kind of spotty. Um, we recently just played at Westwick. Um, the men hosted us, um, and we, we kind of hosted like a, a mini sevens tournament. And then um, as of right now, I, there aren't any more home games on the schedule. We're hoping to host another tournament soon. Um, but, yeah, as of right now, we're not entirely sure. Uh, the best way to, like, keep up with that is with our Instagram. Awesome. Uh, it, sevens and, and fifteens, what do you like better, and, and can you explain the difference? I'm not a runner. <laughs> so um, I, I'm a forward. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hooker, uh, which means I'm in the scrum. Um, so I like fifteens more. Kind of get away with, you know, stopping first minute to uh, catch your breath. Um, but basically 15s is, um, 15s and sevens are played on the same field. Um, the only difference is the length of halves and the number of players on the field. So 
in 15s, you have 15 players on each side, um, and halves are about 40 minutes. Uh, sevens are seven-minute halves with only seven players on each um, field, So, or on each team, excuse me. Um, so yeah, with less players, there's more space, but that also means there's less options. So you, you get left behind, it's gonna be a struggle. <laughs> but yeah. And what's the, what's the, I don't know, most difficult rule or the biggest thing that when you have family or friends ask you about, you know, I never know, know what's going on in, in that sport. I never understand this. Well, what's the most common rule or, or the toughest rule that you have to try to explain? I think explaining a scrum and a ruck because it's really hard to explain without visuals. Uh, you know, you kind of have players grabbing onto each other um, like as making one unit on one side and then the other team making kind of like another unit and then pushing against each other. And I feel like without seeing it, it's kind of really confusing. I think one of the biggest uh, things is like tackles. Like one of the, like, I think when I was trying to explain to my parents, um, we were watching a game and they're kind of like, well, she, she got tackled. Like, why, why is the play not stopping? Why is the play not stopping? Um, but yeah, like tackling rucks, I think for us, one of the biggest things um, learning is thankfully we're very, ball hungry, um, sometimes a little too ball hungry. We forget to clear the ruck, um, which is a rule that we sometimes forget, we'll get penalized for. Um, but basically you have to clear the person on top, then you can steal the ball. Um, but yeah, like I think rucks, scrums, those are just kind of, without seeing what it is, it's very confusing. Yeah, how, how long did it take, uh, if you, you didn't play rugby coming in, you're a soccer player, mm -hmm. how long did it take to make you feel comfortable with the rules and, and kind of the game style and everything? Um, I'm not going to lie, even now, I've been playing for just about a year. I just, it's not that I feel uncomfortable, I'm just not as comfortable as I used to be playing the sport. Um like when I played soccer, I had years and years of experience playing since I was little. So when I was on the field, I felt very like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. Where rugby, especially um, as a goalkeeper, coming from as a goalkeeper, I was always in the back, able to see everything and kind of just stayed in my area. Whereas rugby, I feel like sometimes I'm running like a chicken with its head <laughs> cut off. Um, but yeah, it, it, took a, it took a good... It took a little bit. I think what really helps, and it feels scary at first, I think everybody was nervous for their first game. Um, but it's just like literally just being thrown out there and then you get called for it and then you're like, okay, that's why I can't do it or that's what I can't do. That's what offsides is. That's what this is, you know. Um, but it definitely took like a, a, a good like, I want to say a few months before I was like, okay, I feel confident enough to like, lead this team or like you know hype this team up you know uh before our games and stuff but yeah uh what would you say to any i don't know students who would be listening to this or any parents who maybe have students at ku about what are the pros like what are good reasons to join the the ku women's rugby club yeah so um well first off we're a very welcoming community um i have probably some of my best friends are on the team or at least within the organization. Um, we're very welcoming and opening community. Um, it's a great workout. Um, you know, 
I know a lot right now people are trying to get out, trying to be active. Um, this is a really fun way to do it. Um, I don't know. I just, it's it's a really fun sport. It's really fun. You get your aggression out, you know, hit the pads, tackle into people. Um, it's really fun. It's, we take our safety seriously. So, you know, um, we're all um, registered and we have like rugby insurance is what we kind of call it. Um, we won't even let you tackle or get into contact without it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really great way to stay active, a really great way to meet other people. That's originally another reason why I joined is um, I'm from California, so I don't even know anybody here in uh, Lawrence or in Kansas. So um, it was a really great way to meet people, um, welcoming people, nice people. Um, but yeah, and for so for those who want to play with our KU team, you know, we'd love to have you Tuesdays and Thursdays um, at Holcomb Park at six. And then, um, you know, if you're not a KU student, we do have our women's side. We have our bison side. Um, you know, it's 18 up, but we have players that are, well, we have players that are 18. We have players that are like real adults. <laughs> They're like, you know, adult families and everything. Um, but yeah. And, uh, if you're, you know, in high school, we're, we're trying to start a high school program next, or next fall. We're trying to start a high school program. So if you're looking to get out, I'm sure if you message us, we'll find a way to um, get you involved in practice and stuff, even if it's not tackling yet. Or um, I think there might be a permission slip that your parents have to sign in order to get into contact. Um, but we'll definitely figure something out. And, and what's the best way of contacting you guys? Yeah, so the best way... Um, is probably through our Instagram, KU Women's RFC. Um, but yeah, like just DMing us. We we pretty much check our DMs all the time. Um, our email, it it just <laughs> it doesn't get checked as often as we would like it. Um, so probably uh, Instagram. DM, there we go. Yeah, Boom. Instagram DMs probably gonna be the easiest. Awesome. Well, Sadie, I appreciate the time. Uh, good luck on the rest of the season, and, and good luck on continuing to grow the club and the sport around KU. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Sadie Rodriguez of the KU Women's Rugby Club. This has been your KU Club interview brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. You're listening to RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're back. And by us being back, I mean the show's back. RCST, Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, but also our segment of Florida Man Mad Libs is back a little yeah. sooner than I would have liked because I was hoping we were going to have a long run in the NCAA tournament and, you know. Maybe a little yeah. less to talk about, but we're in the off season, yeah. so Florida Man Mad Libs is back. Sam Speck joins us in studio. 
Appreciate it. Oh, man, I am ready to be back. I'm always excited that this. By, uh, first and foremost, yes, it's a little bit sooner than what I have liked, but uh, we also didn't get to finish off our last season as well the way that I would have liked, mm-hmm. which, by the way, resulted in an award. So I did this for you, Derek, last time, but That's this is rude. for you, you Nick Springer. My, oh, there you are. You took my picture frame. I did. You didn't no, get like a new the, one. No, it's I like did the that. trophy. It's like whoever's 100%. the current winner gets It's like the, the Stanley frame. Cup. Yeah, exactly. So there is whoever's that the winner one. gets the frame. Okay. But uh, it is I mean, just, season just be three. Better. Just be better. It's season three of year number one, folks, and both of them have a victory for each season. So what does that mean for season three? There's a lot on the line. There's a lot at stake here. So either one of you can take the full year championship when we get to the end of this year, but it is week number one. For those unfamiliar, again, it's Four different headlines. The first one only with one unredacted word. The next three will have two unredacted words, but are worth a little bit more. So, gentlemen, are we ready to kick it off? Season three, let's do it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Derek's ready. Well, I will just let you know. I said this at the end of the last one. It has become so random now, I will be using a number generator to pick my pick. There you go. Well, and sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes the most successful bracket picks are off of a number generator. So, here it is. Florida man <laughs> arrested, and by the way, we do encourage that you play at home and keep your own little I score don't. sheet, but uh, <laughs> Florida man is arrested after slapping a woman in the face with a blank. So, yeah, it's it's we're, we're just ripping the Band-Aid off this, uh, this season. We're <laughs> getting right, right into it. So here's your three redacted options. Either Florida man arrested after slapping a woman in the face with his shoe, uh, a fish, or a slice of pizza. So of those three, survey says let's see. Three. So you're gonna go. You're gonna go with slice okay. of pizza. Is that what it was? Slice let's of pizza from Derek. Pizza? Yeah, that okay. was the last okay. one that he said. Here's what I think. Maybe he was unhappy with the pizza he got delivered. If I think that I'm um, thinking back to the previous seasons, pizza is used a lot in the answers, and I, I think it's a common selection that Sam picks as one of the. Guesses. I do like pizza. So therefore, I don't think it's pizza. Oh. It's in Florida. I'm gonna go with a fish. They're in Florida. Gotta go. Gotta be a fish. So Nick's gonna go with fish. Lock it in there, Derek. Lock it in with a slice okay. of pizza. Here is the full unredacted, and maybe that number generator happens to work. Florida man arrested after slapping a woman in the face with a slice of there pizza. So oh you were on the trail. Oh you just yes. you, you had the right logic. You picked the wrong. Well, result. no, I'm saying I think that <laughs> Sam. Thought- when he generates the wrong answers, he oh. picks pizza. See, this is what I love. Pizza. I get okay. you guys That's in your I head. Saying. I get you guys in I your head. I think that over you the course of the, the last three number seasons. generator. <laughs> no <laughs> psychology. <laughs> Here we go. Now we move on to the next three rounds, which, again, as a reminder, there will be two redacted words with the potential for three points if you get both of them correct. So a Florida man was blank by a blank after getting a knock at the door. So Florida man <laughs> was either tackled injured or attacked by a blank after getting a knock at the door and we'll get to the second redacted word right. momentarily number generator has one so tackled we're gonna go with i mean there I, I don't really have any rhyme or reason why it would be any of the three anyway so okay. i'm cool with that tackled i think attacked is too vague what was the other options uh injured i tackled. think injured is too vague too i think the headline person would say tackled because the, the other two options are vague i mean i guess you could go with attacked but i'm gonna pick tackled as well Derek, I'm 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 kind of discouraged by your lack of effort this season. I mean, it, the number generator may have worked for you in round one, but uh, oh. you're not really diving into these. So you're both locking in on tackled. Oh, I don't really have one rhyme or reason. Even if I was picking on those three, I wouldn't really have an explanation. <laughs> okay. Either. It's just so here's what he was either injured, tackled, or attacked by: a dog, 
a snapping turtle, or an alligator after getting a knock at the door. And I do have context okay. to this story, by the this way. This is actually There a was bit... no other person involved. That's the only clue that I'm going to give you a hint. So it was only one of these three items at the door. There was no person there. There was They they were the ones mm -hmm. that knocked. So Dog alligator. would be the most yeah. like, logical. Alligator would be the most Florida. Number generator says snapping turtle. We're going with it. So he's going to okay, go with snapping turtle. Okay, so here's turtle. the deal with picking tackled is that... Yeah, I don't, how I don't, does a snapping yeah. turtle tackle? <laughs> it doesn't. But how we, does an alligator I, tackle? Hey, I'm going with the number generator. I think the number generator how is telling me that tackle was actually the wrong answer here. You know, oh. how does it end up just getting attacked or injured? How, I'm just no, because if it was a snapping turtle, why wouldn't they say like he got bit by a snapping turtle or whatever? What if he didn't get bit? What if he? Well, what else would the snapping what, uh, turtle do? <laughs> fell on him, heavy, <laughs> big turtle. I don't know. Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with dog. I feel like I pigeon pigeonholed myself with going with tackle. But dog, I'll go with dog. Okay, all those animals bite. No, a dog could easily tackle. Easily. Uh, yeah, large enough dog. I mean, is that a real tackle? Or you got to remember. Dude, I mean, shoulder tackle is pretty fast. It's just barrel India, it's you know. The problem with the alligator is that I don't, it's not tall enough to tackle, right? Okay. Like the dog could at least jump I just jump think and the like first lunch. answer clearly is wrong. I don't think it's going to be tackled. But anyway. <laughs> All right, here it is. So the full unredacted Florida man was attacked by an alligator after getting okay. a knock at the door. The alligator's Dang. tail was constantly kind of hitting up against the door, whipping oh, up against I it, see, smacking yeah. it. Yeah. And then as he opened the door, he was attacked by the animal. But the house... Week one, he wow. runs away with one point. Look at that. Nobody gets one there. So See, That was unfortunate because, you know, it's Florida, alligator. I, I'm telling you, I try yeah, to sometimes be. Sometimes it's too obvious. Sometimes it's, you know, reverse psychology. This one is, uh, this one's a funny one. A, uh, it's actually, it wasn't clear as to which state it came from. But nonetheless, a zoo separates blank. Matt Damon. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Separates blank. After they were caught encouraging each other to blank. So a zoo <laughs> had to separate something after they were in caught, uh, encouraging each other to... Gorillas, hanky-panky. Uh, there is. So either zoo separates five guests, you know, zoo-goers, five monkeys, or five parrots after mm. they were caught encouraging each other to blank. Okay, mm. number generator says two, and that would be monkeys, which was kind of on board with my first guess of gorillas. Yeah. I am kind of wondering, I, I'm going to stick with the number generator, but <laughs> I, I am actually kind of thinking it could be the parrots that they were like saying a bad <laughs> word and that they were like encouraging each other to say it, um, but I'm going to go monkeys. So he's going to go monkeys. Yeah. Derek or monkeys. Go with the number generator. Yeah, I think the guests one probably leaves you open the most for the second answer. For sure. Because, you know, they There's could be a lot of each other to, yeah. to try to break into an enclosure, to try to egg on some animal, to try to do something. So I think that's the one that made, that would, like... But you, but then you, you then, you, your you gave there, the, then you gave the parrots answer, and now I'm thinking it might be parrots. Again, parrots... Monkeys gonna, or guests? I'm going to go with guests. Okay, so I don't Nick's, feel great about it, though. Nick's going to lock in with the guests. I got to on so board. Zoo separates blank after they were caught encouraging each other to either feed the animals, swear at guests, or throw food. Yeah, see? <laughs> now, you see, this is the challenge of the game. So where do we go from here? Number generated two for me again. So I'm going swear at guests, which obviously does not work with the monkey, but would work with the, the parrots, which was my... Or the guest as well. Yeah. yeah. Could be five other guests. I guess so. Encouraging each other to swear <laughs> at other yeah. guests. Well, it could be. 
I mean, honestly, it could have been like the guests getting the parrots to swear, right? But that's not one of the Yeah, that's lines. not one of the options. But that would have made sense. So anyway, no, I'm, I'm So going you're going to go swear yeah. at guests again. Swear at guests, feed the animals, or throw food are the three options I don't there. think feed the animals would make sense for like the guests. Because why would that be a headline? Right. It's just like something that would get them in Thrown trouble, out. but it wouldn't yeah, be like a wouldn't news like headline. Like a Unless, what if they were like feeding them like, I don't know, something like, crazy? Like, you know? I don't even know. Like, no, again, the headline brought, like, doesn't say arrested. It just says separates. Zoo separates blank. After yeah, but they again, were why would it be a story? I, I have no idea. I'm I gonna, just find these things. I'm not the I'm one that gonna, writes them. <laughs> <laughs> they had like a prior arrest warrant out on them, and that's how they got caught. Okay, what are the other three options? Okay, so either feed the animals, swear at guests, or throw food. And Derek has locked in at swear at guests, yes. I believe. Okay, so I'm he's locked in. I'm going to go with throw food. Okay, so that next, would make sense with my monkeys one. It would. You know? Yes. Yeah. So here's what happened: a zoo had to separate five parrots after they were caught encouraging each other to swear at uh, guests. So quite literally, they were communicating back and forth. Uh, again, context-wise, I'm not sure where the zoo was. I don't know if it was Florida. Makes sense to be because the yeah. parrots were there. But uh, nonetheless, Derek with one point, so dude, two I, zero. Dude, I suck. It, I mean, it, week bad. one, week one is struggling, but it's only yeah. two zero. So dude, you have the opportunity yeah. for Super three Bowl points Super Bowl championship here. hangover. For the me, number right? generator is below fifty percent. Although I guess if it's thirty three percent, that's good because there's three options. I don't know. It's what they consider in baseball. Right I got, now. I got, here we go. I got so championship hangover right now. Here okay. is the final one, and again, Nick, you've got a chance if you get both, yeah. then you have three yeah. points opportunity. So okay, Florida yeah. man wearing a blank is arrested while building a blank out of garbage in his neighbor's yard. <laughs> okay, so. Here we go. Number one, first unredacted word. Florida man was either wearing only Crocs like the shoe, <laughs> um, an ape costume, or a thong was arrested while building a blank out of garbage in his neighbor's yard. We'll get to the second one in See, just okay, a moment. I, but so, actually, I'm not going to help you with this headline. I'll tell you this little hint that I would give you afterwards. But uh, number generators is number one. So are we going with with the Crocs ape. one? Only Crocs. Oh, okay. The ape one was number two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What think. are you going to say? Yep. Right. No, doing? I'm going to let you pick your answer before I give you the, the hint that I Oh, that's give. right, because he's hint? good. That I think there's an obvious one that you should eliminate, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. So either it could be the one I picked. Any ape the costume, only Crocs, again, only the Crocs, <laughs> or a thong is what he was wearing uh, when he I'm was arrested. I'm going to pick thong because okay. Derek picked Crocs, and I need to try to make up some points, okay. and I don't think it's a costume. So the, I, that was going to be the one I would eliminate, and here's why. The thong? No, the ape costume. Oh. Because would you say in the headline, only an ape costume? It's a whole ape costume. What do you mean, only an ape costume? Would you, would you, if you saw somebody wearing an ape costume on the street, you would say, he's only wearing well, an ape costume. What if he costume. was no, naked like, underneath? He's in a, a whole ape, ape If he's costume. naked underneath, then he's technically only wearing an ape costume at that point, right? <laughs> then, that's the same thing as me being like, I am only wearing clothes today. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, but you're wearing, you're wearing multiple layers. If he has nothing huh. else on and only the ape costume, is he not then only well, wearing matter. the ape costume? Neither one of us picked it. Let's so. see. So, oh, no, again, no, yeah, ape costume's <laughs> off of it. For you at home, though, only Crocs, ape costume, or a thong is what this Florida man was wearing. And he was arrested while building either a statue, a catapult, or a shed out of garbage in his neighbor's yard. <laughs> So, once again, a shed, a catapult, or a statue. Okay. Where are you going with this one? I have and we'll... Reread okay, the my, answers in the order you first gave. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> a catapult, a statue, or a shed. Okay. So, whatever number two was. 
The statue. Okay. Yeah. So okay, building a statue okay. out of garbage in their neighbor's that's yard. That's where it is. I think it maybe this guy is building a monument to himself, a statue <laughs> of himself. That's my first thought. But the other thought is, what if he's building a so it's garbage, right? Correct. He is building a catapult to launch garbage into the guy's house because they're having some sort of feud about it. So but he's like, in I'm going to build a catapult. It's in his yard. It's well, literally I mean, where else are you going to build a catapult at? It may be in your yard. No, because it needs to have the range <laughs> to get to what you know what I'm saying. I guess so, you're right. Okay, yeah. so he's either building a catapult to launch garbage into the guy's house, like through a window, or he's building a statue monument of himself, or of I don't know why he would do it in his neighbor's yard though. For that reason, and also because Derek picked statue, I'm gonna go with catapult. So Nick's gonna lock in with I catapult. I think that's a fair one to pick. Yeah. This is actually a uh, bizarre one here, and somebody does come away with a point. Florida man wearing a thong was arrested while building a shed out of garbage okay. in his neighbor's yard. So it was he was actually doing it for a, a living a living place, I guess. He was trying I don't know oh. what his goal was well, wait, or that doesn't anything. make any sense because if he is if it's if he has a neighbor, wouldn't he already have a place to live then? Well, it could be a, just a neighboring person considering that again, <laughs> when it, sometimes you're homeless and your tents in the back or something like that, the field next to it. This okay, is what the fine, headline sure. says, oh, boys, sure, and this is the madness of Florida Man Mad Lips, which, by the way, you did garner a point there, so yeah, good on you, Derek but wins. two to one, wow. two to one, the Derek generator. comes away with That's a week one uh, victory. We are. The Season generator. three of year one starts off with a Derek victory okay, there. I do but, have uh, one for you. Oh, all right. Let's I like let's testing hear it. We'll you back. Just no, I, the pain. I am, oh, that's fine. Yeah. I'm here you for the challenge. You can participate as well, I'll participate. If you've heard this headline, I don't know if I brought this up to you. I'm here for the challenge. Please don't. Okay. My crack baby rescue blank oh bit me and laughed. Turns out it's a blank. <laughs> so You did not share this with me. Okay. My crack baby rescue blank bit me and laughed. Turns out it's a blank. <laughs> what are the options? Here are your first options. Oh, God. My crack baby rescue blank. Rope. My crack baby rescue rope. My crack baby rescue firefighter. My crack baby rescue dog. Bit me and laughed. I'm, Turns out it's a I blank. am really confused. What? I don't... What is crack baby? I don't understand what that is. Rope has to be the weirdest <laughs> answer. I don't understand. I literally it's don't understand. So weird it's just that such I might a red herring. Like, it really it's is. like I, it's I don't understand. Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> that's what. That's why I said I don't understand. I, what I does don't, rope have to do with this? I'm, okay, so I, I'm gonna have to go rope just because that one. No, actually, you said what did you say? Bit me? Or, yes. Yeah. It has okay. a rope bite. I don't know. I guess it like Gosh. bites into your hand if you're like you know. Tugging on it or yanking on it but or whatever. But a crack baby rope? I don't even. What I don't know what that, that yeah, means. Yeah, okay, okay. I don't know what I'm that gonna, means. I'm gonna go with firefighter then or whatever it was. So you're going firefighter. I'm gonna go firefighter. I'll go firefighter too. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. All right, my crack, crack baby, baby rescue at this point. Firefighter bit me and laughed. Turns out it's a snake. Oh god. Homeless man. I should have done rope. Hyena. <laughs> what? This is not a real headline. You're just making this something up. This person was either on PCP or they are just, just again having a bad time. My crack baby rescue firefighter bit me and laughed. Turns out it's a snake, homeless man, or hyena. Uh, okay. Of course, you could pick for the first one rope or dog. Homeless man. You're going homeless man. Mm, I'm gonna have to hedge my bets because now I kind of think that it could possibly have been rope. So I'm gonna go with the the snake. I'm gonna go with the snake one. All right, this one goes to the house. Let's My go. crack baby rescue dog. No, you didn't win. Bit me and laughed. Turns out it's a hyena. He Derek won. Dang yeah, it! He was saying I'm so house. used to I'm so used to being so the basically house. I'm sorry, person, I, got excited. I think it's from somebody who is like, a crack. 
I, have, I don't know. Something had to give up their dog, and they, they yeah, got I, it. I, 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 don't I, that, I was mind-blown on that one. Yeah, I, I honestly got thrown in so many different directions. Yeah, but I, nonetheless, boys, hey, good always bring me some challenges, but the house wins this week on that. Week. Uh, Derek does win that one as well, but thanks for including me in your fun. We'll see you next Wednesday. Absolutely. Thanks. That's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's Florida Man Mad Libs. we got some more Lance Leipold audio to share with you, and then we'll get into uh, some KU baseball action. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.